Welcome to Lucy Lumen's podcast adventure. Welcome back, guys. I hope you have all been well and getting some time to shoot and be creative in the last few weeks. Today's episode has a focus on cinema and how that can inspire your photography. So if you are a film buff or you just want to get some new movie recommendations from two film lovers, then keep listening for our top five films to inform, inspire and integrate into your next photography adventure. My guest today is Jonathan Bensimon, who I became aware of through everyone's favorite film photography podcast, The Negative Positives. Jonathan immediately grabbed my attention with his cinema chat and an exhibition he had recently had in LA. I then checked out his socials and fell in love with his photography. It is so amazing. But he doesn't stop there. Jonathan is an accomplished filmmaker, director, cinematographer, and all-round cool, funny, nice guy who was kind enough to share his time with all of us. I have linked all the movies that we talk about in the show notes below, so be sure to check them out. If you want to see some of Jonathan's amazing work, I've also popped links to that as well, along with his IG handle if you want to go over and say hi. I really love movies and I started the podcast so I could venture into other subjects that surround photography and this one along with the Mike Gutterman interview have been like dreams come true for me. Some quick housekeeping before we get into the chat. I now have a weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday called Love Lucy. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while so I can more directly connect with everybody. I'm sharing things like books, records, movies, photographers, and just anything I'm finding inspiring or really vibing with that week. It's free, fun, and will be in your inbox every Friday. So sign up through the link in the show notes so you don't miss out. I will also be sharing updates on my projects like zines, collaborations, merch, all that stuff. So if you want to be the first to hear about exciting things, then subscribe to the newsletter. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from Jonathan. Welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, If you could give the listeners a little bit of background on who you are and like where you are and and what you do, because you do so many amazing things. Um, yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm a director and cinematographer. Um, I mostly work in, um, commercials and, uh, you know, I started in kind of, uh, music videos and as a cinematographer, I'd done a few films and, uh, now I'm kind of getting back into film. I'm working on a documentary and, um, I started way back when as a photographer and I kind of evolved from there knowing that I loved uh, the moving image and I kind of like saw how I could draw the parallels and then finally I kind of came back around um, a few years ago and I've kind of gotten more into photography than I've ever been which is really exciting so yeah (laughs) yeah cool that's so awesome yeah there's um so many parallels to be drawn obviously between like um yeah like photography and and movies and I often find like movies so much more um, impactful and inspiring on my photography than just looking at photography, you know, like there's so much more in a movie. And like as a kid, I watched a lot of movies. So I think that really informed my like photography style now. 
So you shoot, like when you shoot, you kind of tend to have very like graphic imagery and you're very kind of um, design composed and stuff like that. So how does that kind of affect, like what films drew you to kind of end up creating those types of images? Um, it's um, kind of, I love the way that you've described, like the the way you've described my photography there, because it's always really hard to talk about your own photography or I, I find it hard to you know like when people say like oh what's your photography like I find it hard to describe so I'll have to steal some of the things that that you've said there um yeah I don't know it's kind of I can't think of any like specific like movies that um other than the ones that we're going to like talk about in the chat like is a general kind of thing but um I, I think a lot of movies I've drawn a lot of inspiration from like color wise um like me really liking like red in like all of my images and like that being really at like the forefront and being very like striking. Like I always want an image to really like grab someone. Like I don't want to take images that kind of just, I don't know that you'd scroll past, I guess. And um, red, like Paris, Texas, which is like a movie that we'll talk about later on or like things like wild at heart, like the David Lynch movie, wild at heart, like red is very like prominent in that movie too. Um, and yeah. Or like even movies like, like Amelie, like her wearing red lipstick, you know, like so more from like kind of um, taking cues from like those things, like in a pop culture kind of way, like, um, yeah, like red lipstick has always been like a big thing for me. And um, so, yeah, like those kind of um, and then obviously, yeah, in Paris, Texas, red is very um, like super prominent, like throughout that movie. So I try and create those themes in my um, like photography as well. And um or, or like compositionally as well, um, which is something we'll get into later too with one of the films that I've picked out. Um, but like kind of keeping, um, like I like when I watch films and the like the camera movements are very like minimal. So like they're letting everything happen like in the frame and like the mm -hmm. shot is just like static, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I really Have enjoy. Seen, uh, songs from the second floor? No, no, I haven't. Oh, I haven't yeah. even if heard of that. Like oh, that. I have to write it down. <laughs> yeah, that is the ultimate in doing that. It's okay. incredible. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah. I love any movies that kind of do that, like more so than, and then it's weird because when I watch things on like, say if I watch like a kind of like not a trashy show, but just like a regular show or movie like on Netflix or something like that. And like the camera is always moving, you know, like, or like the way it's edited or whatever. It's like, there's just always stuff going on, I guess, to kind of keep people like entertained kind of like on YouTube, how you like, we, we do it with our videos. Like you edit and you crop in, crop out and you know, you got to change it all the time to like keep people's uh, like attention. Um, I love just like a, a static shot, you know, with like letting things happen like in it or um, yeah, just giving that space um, like, yeah, on screen. Yeah. But what about you? Yeah. Do you have any, yeah. sorry, you go. Yeah, no, I guess the bigger question is when are you going to make a, a film? <laughs> Yeah, we've been talking about it um, or we've been talking about doing a music video possibly like okay. um, which I think would be more like kind of achievable if we did like a yeah, a little like um, movie clip. We've been wanting to get like a camcorder. I don't know if you've seen like that. That's kind of coming back like in fashion using oh, yeah. like like camcorders, which I think is really cool. I like stuff like that. So we were thinking like we could do a little bit on that and then like maybe a little bit on like the X-T4 or I don't know, make it like a cool like, you know, um, like lo-fi like music video um to one of like Lux's songs so that's kind of our goal for this year but we haven't got around to it yet because um I need to kind of storyboard it I think like I'm getting a little bit more intentional with my videos as well um with like having I always have an idea but I find it's better if I can like 
yeah, sort of semi-storyboarded out and then like Lux knows like this is my like vision, I guess. And then like we can line that up better with like, okay, we need this shot or we need this B-roll or, you know, like, yeah, if there's like a funny bit at the start or something like that that we want to do. So, um, yeah, it's it's becoming a lot like, obviously it's not comparable to what you're doing, like, you know, but um, yeah, it's it's fun to like explore on YouTube like that. Like you can kind of treat it like a little, um, yeah, like short film or something like that. Yeah, I can't can't wait to see it. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have it um done by the end of the year, and we're hoping I can put some vocals to Lux's um one of his songs as well. Oh, amazing! Probably with heaps of like effects and stuff on it. But um, yeah. So that that would be cool too. I just need to, you know, um, muster up the courage to do it. And like, yeah, it'd be fun. Are there any movies in particular for you, Jonathan, that you're, um, other than the ones that like we've chosen that like you can think of that really like inspire your photography? Um, yeah, I mean, there's like, it's, I think there's a lot of people who inspire my kind of like both my kind of like filmmaking and my photography and a few are like directors, but you know, at first it was really cinematographers and mm-hmm. there are um, a, oops, stop recording. Um, there are a couple that are really, um, really uh, important and kind of like my kind of path to becoming a cinematographer. The first is this guy called Vittorio Storaro, who shot um uh, apocalypse now and yeah. he did uh bertolucci movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. and when you hear this guy talk about photography it is unbelievable there's this uh there's documentary called cinematography styles where it's just like the opening and he's like holding a light bulb and he's like talking about what life is and like what light is and how they connect and it's just kind of like incredible it's just like he's just like a poet when it comes to talking about light um and all his films are very kind of colorful every color has a meaning and it's just kind of um a lot of uh symbolism between why the kind of like woman is you know lit with red and the the man green and stuff like that and then you know, and in documentaries, they usually have him passionately going on about it. And then they cut to the director going like, I mean, to me, the man should be red and the woman should be green, but that's what he <laughs> likes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, you'll have to send me through um, that. It sounds sounds like a good watch. It's kind of reminding me too of the way you're saying like the the, the woman was lit with this color and the man was lit with this color. Um, it's reminding me of a film I haven't seen in a really long time. I watched it with my parents. It's called The Cook, The Thief his wife and her lover. I don't know who mm. it's directed by. Um, I remember it being really strange, like a very strange movie, but they move through like rooms in the film and each room is lit with a different color. And I think it's supposed to be a metaphor for like what's going on, you know, um, which yeah. I think we all use color in that kind of way, like to represent something will be a metaphor for something. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, or you make it but just because it's cool. <laughs> or, or just because it's cool. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. I mean, yeah. when you have like started music <laughs> videos, you're just discovering techniques in your life. Well, wow, we can do that. Okay, yeah. let's do it. And yeah. then slowly have become more sophisticated and you can have like find why, why it makes you feel a certain way and, and yes. you use it for that. But yeah. 
Yeah, that's so um, true. Yeah, things can sometimes just be like because they just look good. Like I often think that with photography, like there's often a real kind of um, like people go into like why like they took the photo or what the photo means. And um, sometimes I look at my photography and it doesn't really, well, most of the time it doesn't really mean anything. It just looks like aesthetically pleasing or, you know, like it's taken from like a compositional kind of point of view. Um, I liked the color and like, yeah, I just like the way it looks. And I think that's fine. Like I think sometimes people feel like they have to attach a lot of meaning to their photography Mm -hmm. to make it good, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. it's fine for it to just stand on its own and just be visually just cool or interesting, interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, I was saying that jokingly, but it's just like, sometimes the, the coolness factor kind of like makes you feel a certain way and you can't express it. So you just kind of fall back on, it looks cool when yeah. like, there is a reason behind it, but you can't necessarily explain yeah. you know, the emotion and the, uh, and the, yep. the visual and that's why it's, it's visual and it's not like a, uh, a poem or a, a yes. kind of piece, you know, it's just cause there's a visceral reaction. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, we have some movies that we want to share with the listeners that kind of we really enjoy and that um, inspire our photography. I did find it hard to like um, just pick five and I'm sure, I don't know if you, I don't know if you struggled as well, but like with movies, like obviously there's so many and like, I know I was struggling cause I was like, I like this, but I like this and I want to pick this, but I also want to pick this and I don't want to leave this out. So I tried to, yeah, just narrow it down to like five movies that I um, have been like a, um, like a mainstay that there is a new one in there as well that I've seen recently, but um, yeah, like things that I've really drawn a lot of inspiration from and have like stuck with me um, over the years. Um, did you want to go first with your, um, your movie since you're the guest, Jonathan? <laughs> Should we each do one and kind think, of ping pong it back and forth? I think that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Let's ping pong. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Should we uh, start with the, we'll, we'll start with the ones that we obviously know because we kind of shared them, the two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. shared, we shared two. I feel like I have let you down um, on my end because I didn't get to watch both of them. I feel really bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, bl- I'm blaming my um blaming my my blaming motherhood um on uh on on all of that so um but yeah but you this is a great opportunity for you to for you to tell me um like you know about the one that I didn't see and um and then I'll be super excited to watch it and then we can talk about it so yeah all right well the one you didn't see is the the bicycle thief and uh this is a movie from the 50s um it's uh, to me, it's my favorite uh, film from that period. Um, after the war in Italy, they didn't really have um, many means to actually produce films. And they usually kind of, you know, um, used non-actors and they kind of shot wherever they could. And so um, there's a lot of very, very powerful film. Like they hit you really hard. Um, But this one more than any kind of like really marked me. And um, I remember the, the only reason I kind of like always remembered it because there had been this movie, this Altman movie called uh, The Player, uh, which is about the kind of like business in Hollywood and stuff like that. And at the top of the, the 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 movie, there's like all these producers talking about like different movie and someone brings up like The Bicycle Thief and it kind of like 
remember kind of like putting it in the back of my mind go oh, I'm gonna have to watch this movie one day yeah and I remember I kind of like took a, a film history class when I was in high school and they happened to show that movie and I'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. the movie that they talk about in the player and then when we watched it and you get to the end of that movie and it's like Niagara Falls you're just like in tears the whole time it's just like oh my god it's like so powerful and oh, it wow. was just yeah, yeah, and it's just it's so simple and it's just kind of so elegant and and the way it's told and um just like on repeat viewing that movie is just like uh really 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 spectacular. So that's that's why it was uh first on my list. Yeah, awesome. Oh my god, it sounds yeah, super powerful and like yeah, very very emotional. Um I'll definitely have to I'm glad that I know that cuz then I can I like to know if something's like going to make me cry so I can really like prep myself and really get in the zone of like I'm gonna have a really good cry you know like so yeah that's, that's I want good. you to save the tears <laughs> as proof. send them to you and be like yeah. yes it had yeah. a big effect to get into macro photography yeah and like start <laughs> taking macro shots of the tears of the tears yeah 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 um no I'm 2022 yeah I'm sure that there'll be many tears because it doesn't take me much to cry in things, um, especially uh, post uh, like having a child. Like I feel I'm even more emotional now, especially if it's anything to do with kids or, I mean, that would obviously make anyone sad anyway, but now it's even worse because like I totally always put myself in the position of whatever I'm watching. Like, oh you know. man, I want to be there when you watch this movie. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Lux is different. He doesn't. It takes him a lot to get moved by movies. Like, um, we have kind of we don't have different tastes, but he's not as sort of willing to sit through like a slow burn or like he prefers. I don't know. Like, just I don't know. He's like, let's watch Transformers or you know what I mean. Like a bit, bit kind of right. different. He does still like cool movies. Like he loves like eighties movies and stuff. But he's always like, oh god, like what what thing are you gonna make me like sit That's through? It's always really double, double bill Transformers and the bike and, and the bicycle. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, transform. Just let him know like, that the bicycle does not transform. Okay, yeah, it just it stays as a bicycle. I'll let him know. It's not a it's not a romp film. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to watch it. I I don't have a very like I feel bad because I really like movies. Like I really like cinema, but I don't watch a lot of like I guess like traditional or like classic cinema, like like old, older stuff. Um. I'm more kind of drawn to like contemporary. Uh, you know, like cinema, I guess. So I feel like I need a bit of yeah, an education. It's like it's, if you don't know where to look, it's just, it's so vast and mm. it's just kind of like intimidating. And it's just, yeah, I really grew up around that. So I was lucky to kind of absorb a lot of it and yeah. have a lot of interest. And, you know, so I kind of, at some points I was like forced to do it, but I appreciated it every time. So okay. that's what yep. kind of like, it, you know, after a certain point, started looking for things myself yeah yeah you're so right with that it's it's kind of hard to navigate and like you don't know what to choose to watch and it can be quite intimidating like I find it intimidating like those movies because like that sort of genre I guess and that time just because I'm like you know I hear that like this movie is really important and like everybody drew inspiration from this movie and then like I get kind of a little bit like yeah like nervous to watch it almost or like don't know what to choose um I think like T Hopper, I don't know if you watch her YouTube channel. 
Um, but she does great little um, kind of exposés on like, you know, um, directors and they're often sort of of the more traditional kind of classic um, type, which is really interesting because she kind of gives you a few points of like where to go to look for stuff because, yeah, it can be intimidating. For yeah. Sure. And it's also it's kind of like there, there's I realized over time, like when you hear people talk about those films is usually those people saw those films in theaters. They were sitting down, they were invested in the movie. There wasn't so much hype about it. Like it took me so long to finally see um, Apocalypse Now. And it's just like, I was expecting it to change my life. And it's just like, I had heard so many stories and the movie is fantastic. But I was really drawn by uh, a documentary that his wife made about it, which is uh, called um, Hearts of Darkness. Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's great. So great. That documentary is just like, yeah. oh my God. I could watch that, you know, a lot more than, I could then, watch uh, than the movie. Now. I know it's so funny. Yeah. Hey, like the, 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 the documentary about the movie is better than like the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's funny because. I think I was saying this to Lux the other day, like now you, because of the internet and because of how much everybody talks about things and the hype around things, you can kind of feel like you've seen something, even if you haven't seen it, like, because you'll know about like the ending or you can see stills and it's different to how it would have been when you just had to go to the movies to watch something like. And oh yeah. I mean, it. I remember just, uh, I mean, even pre kind of like internet, I remember just watching the Simpsons and seeing 20 references to the godfather and just kind of like finally seeing the godfather and going oh so that's where bart got that yes idea. yes it's so funny when that happens and you're like oh i get that now and it's like so like long long after yeah for sure yeah, yeah. i remember seeing like um total trash movie like when i was i don't know in like grade eight or something like seeing i think it was like scary movie I'm not another teen movie like one of those parody things and I didn't get the plastic bag thing like I was like what is that and then I saw American Beauty and loved it right. and I was like oh that's what's what <laughs> they were like talking about so it's like another example of that for sure yeah um awesome okay um anything else that you'd like to say about the movie um it, it's black that, and white right yeah bicycle thief mm -hmm. yeah um no I think that that's really uh, you just I can say it's a great movie, but you actually really have to commit and yep. like really stay with it and it mm -hmm. will pay off. It'll be. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to carve out my time to my time to cry. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. One of my picks that we were talking about before we, um, pressed record is Paris, Texas, which if anybody's watched like the channel, um, listen to me at all, I have brought this movie up a lot so um not a surprise um directed by uh Vim Vendors it came out in 1984 and the cinematographer was Robbie Mueller um mm -hmm. who worked with I think worked with um like Vim Vendors on a lot of other films and he was also the DP on um Jim Jarmusch's Down by Law which is another movie that I really really love I love um I love any yeah. Jarmusch film, really. But. Yeah, talk about like, yeah, that like you have to sit down for a Jarmusch film and let it kind of like wash over you. And it's just fantastic when you kind of see, you know, Mystery Train or oh, any of those. Yes, that's, you know. I think Mystery Train is probably my favorite. Definitely. I was going to put that on the list and then I like crossed it off and swapped it with something else. Like, cause I love like, yeah, the color, colors in that movie and um, like the opening scene of them on the train. And there's just so many cool, cool moments and like cool cast and 
crossover of music and like cinema and yeah it was just oh just yeah love love that movie so much it's so cool yeah so Paris Texas for me um like we were talking about it before uh, it's just it's one of I think because with movies sometimes I think like some movies you watch for like the narrative and um you know like like the plot and the story and then some movies you watch just from like a visual like aspect um or that that's how I see it with a lot of movies like there's a lot of art house movies or um, that maybe don't have much of a plot, but they look really good. Like they're just visually really pleasing. And I, I don't mind that. Um, like for me, it's kind of more about the visuals and then like the story, if, if the story's good and the plot's good, that's kind of a bonus. Um, so that, that's just for me personally, that's what it's like watching movies. Um, but Paris, Texas. Really? Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like I don't I, really, is that weird? I don't know. I've never really kind of well, said that to anyone. So to like I I mean it's not the first time that I've heard it but like to me it's like it's so funny because especially having been a cinematographer it's just like or being a cinematographer that's always secondary to the the story you know it's like at mm. some points I'm just like uh, I I can't I can watch the most beautiful film on earth and just be bored to tears oh really if, the story is not there yeah 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 I mean I do like a story like I'm not saying I'm like just watching things just for the visual but like um I'm yeah that's more my because I think that can really push me like over the edge of of really liking it like if something's shot in a certain way or um like the shots are interesting or just I don't know like the using the visuals to like build the tension like rather than like the dialogue like stuff like that. I just appreciate that um, more than just a, a, a movie with like a good story. So I kind of split them up like that. But um, but yeah, it's interesting to like talk about that and how we're like different in that way. But I think Paris, Texas is like a perfect film because it's both like the story. Like I really like the story and like the story is really good um, and, and like the character development. But then also um, it looks amazing. Like it's shot so so well um and, and like it just it looks yeah like I feel like you could watch it twice you could watch it and just focus on the visuals and then you could watch it and like get really involved in the story so I'm curious it when you're watching that movie and you you're appreciating the visuals like what draws you to the visuals um I, th I think like um the color and then well I mean at the start it's kind of like those like long, like those really like long shots of like in the desert and like him walking around and like the red of his cap and all of that. Like I, I just want to be there and photograph him, you know, like in that yeah. kind of scene. Um, and then like the tension and the intrigue of like what's going on as well. Like, you know, and he's, he's walking around, he's with that like gallon of water and it's just like, what's going on? It kind of gets frustrating because you're like, what what's even happening here? You know, like, and then that yeah, keeps you watching. And it lets you get frustrated like just enough and then it starts to introduce other parts where you know that it's not just going to be a whole movie of a guy walking around in the desert. <laughs> Amazing is that shot uh, when he's in the booth and you've got his reflection overlapping. Oh, oh my God. So, so good. Like so, so good. Yeah. Apparently I was reading about the way that that, I think it was that scene and like those kind of scenes were lit um, and it was very like kind of unconventional, I think. Um, and like, you know, everyone was saying like, oh, no, you can't do it like that because you've got to have like this light and this light. And he was like, no, this is the way I want it to look. And it's just going to look like this. And like he was very kind of like 
you know, yeah, determined was to just do it really like his way. Yeah, focused on making it look uh, natural more mm. than anything. Kind of, yeah, I think the big thing was like you would kind of correct for fluorescent lights and stuff like that. And he just let it kind of mm. like fall green or kind of, you know, even emphasize that at some yeah. point. Really yeah. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, I like that. And I like when anybody kind of goes against the rules of oh like you know you're supposed to do this or I, yeah. I love that <laughs> and it's so funny because like it now that's become the norm like nobody like people kind of have over embraced that you know it's like as totally. soon as you can have you know warp things that's what we're kind of like drawn to and it yeah. just takes one person to kind of yeah make you see it in a different way yeah so, yeah he's yeah. really spectacular in the way he's done that Mm, yeah. What else has he? Oh, we were saying he's done. He did Down by Law, and then he worked with um, yeah, with with Vim Vendors on like a lot of other films. But I can't think of anything else. Uh, Robbie Mueller. Well, has he done. did a Who lot of you? Jarmusch films. Like, he, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny. Um, a friend of mine who uh, who who's a director and who I've DP'd, you know, a lot of his films, like early on, we were working together all the time, you know, we're big fans of those guys. And he had read something that kind of marked me about Robbie Mueller, kind of like his default kind of like mindset is kind of black and white. And it's just like the first conversation is like, why is it not black and white? And then from there, it kind of like evolves into if it's color, what the colors are and stuff like that. But that's that was really kind of yeah, interesting. That's super know. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he like views it like that first and then he's like adding on the kind of um yeah well he thinks like, like why they're the, there the, yeah yeah the film should be in black and white and then it's just like the discussion becomes why the film shouldn't be in black and white yeah oh, so interesting oh, I love that yeah, yeah. and um it's mm. funny back in the day like all the serious films were in black and white and all the co comedies were in mm. color yes and then that yep. slowly kind of you kind know, of changed demand yeah. for color was kind of yeah. like bigger just yeah kind of the shifted. same yeah kind of the same in in photography um how like I'm a big Eggleston um like William Eggleston fan and you know people said like his work wasn't like serious because it was in color because back then it was like all the serious photographers shot in you know black and white so like same with the makes sense it would be the same in in movies as well yeah I love I love color I mean that's no secret um I mean I, I like black and white too and I think I think I like, um, I think the reason why I haven't gravitated a lot towards like the tr traditional like cinema, like what we were talking about before, because it's all in black and white is because I love color so much. And I think I like black and white more when somebody's like had the choice, like when somebody chooses like now to shoot something in black and white, like, um, come on, come on that recent Mike Mills movie. I don't know if you saw that. Like I liked that he chose to, sh to, to shoot that in black and white, um, you know, or like Manhattan or movies like that like you know I like to know like why somebody chose that when you could shoot like in color so yeah it's interesting yeah yeah I mean uh, it's funny I have to make an uh, we're now it comes more naturally to kind of like shoot in color but I was so formed in black and white and kind of just you know years and years of kind of learning black and white and the craft of it and then kind of like even my lighting when I started was lighting for that's more suited for black and white than for color mm -hmm. when I was shooting um because I was kind of like really kind of taught um the the you know the critical elements of black and white photography so I was even lighting like my color kind of 
you know, short films and stuff like that, like black and white films. Um, and I just love that it's kind of like uh, that lighting is so much more aggressive and punchier because it has to separate and separate. Kind of, yeah, 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 great contrast. And yeah, mm. so yeah, so yep. even my kind of like color work is very kind of um, black and white in terms of the way it's kind of created. Yeah, interesting. I wouldn't think of um, like because I've never lit anything in that way. Like obviously that's that's your job, but yeah, I've never thought about like yeah how you'd have to light like something different differently for like you know black and white and color so it's um yeah super interesting uh let's move on to your um second pick jonathan um second film which you did see was uh was being john malkovich um yep. and yeah i think that was uh part of this uh cluster of movies that came out in 1999 that were just kind of like juggernauts in terms of um how they what the stories were and how they were made and kind of like looking at cinema in a different way um mm -hmm. and it just was that was the one that really kind of marked me in terms of like the absurdity of the story and I yeah. was kind of I was almost hungry for something like that and mm -hmm. kind of like being at a pretty young age and finally seeing something that um, kind of express those things that were, you know, um, in the back of your mind and articulated way better than you could possibly articulate. It was like so fascinating to me to finally kind of like see something and like so refreshing because it's kind of like it's done by the 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 guys who would make all the music videos that you would be watching yeah. and suddenly this is you know their their kind of like first films and they're really amazing and kind of like different so you know it is the kind of Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones and and you know all those guys and yeah so that was that was that was my number two yeah awesome yeah we we watched it um a couple of nights ago and I hadn't seen it for a long time neither had Lux um, so we only remembered kind of parts of it. So it was good to like revisit it um, for sure. Cause yeah, uh, such a, yeah. Like you say, like really absurd, like, like with the ceiling, like, you know, like the seven and a half, like seven four, and, a half. and then like them kind of, you know, really crouch down like that. And yeah, it's just like the whole thing's kind of like weird and funny and, um, but then like kind of grim and sad, like in like the color grading in it's very like you know um yeah really grim kind of had like right. a, like lamography metropolis kind of vibe to it you know um to kind yeah. of yeah and like John Cusack was um yeah re really good yeah I really um enjoyed like seeing it again for sure so if anyone hasn't hasn't seen it definitely um recommend yeah oh yeah that that's one that I could watch over and over again it's like and you always kind of discover something new and there's so much detail in there and so many Easter eggs and yeah. 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 I love that. If you can go back and watch something and then like notice like other little bits that you missed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. My second pick that you saw was um, Buffalo 66, which was directed by Vincent Gallo, um, came out in 1998. Um, Vincent Gallo is uh, not the not the best person maybe um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like most of the things that he does but um he's kind of he's a bit of an asshole um in general which kind of gives him a little bit more of an allure I suppose and there's a lot of um there was a lot of press around this film like if you if you google it and read about it like he just didn't get along with anybody it sounds like um that was just like 
argument after argument and the cast of the film is actually pretty good like Christina Ricci uh Angelica Houston um Rosanna Arquette is in it so you know it's kind of it's a very like indie film but there's these people that show up that I'm like oh I wouldn't expect to see you in kind of a movie like this maybe so um like he got really like cool people and the movie is amazing it's one of my favorite movies like I just I could just watch that movie like again and again like seeing that as a teenager just like blew my mind um but yeah I just what wanted was to it? was it was it the the like character that roped you in it's like it's he's such a like there are such strange characters like how old were you when you saw that and what was it that kind of like hooked you um I think I was probably like 14 or 15 when I saw it um I was a real like always wanting like I was always wanting to see something like like indie movies so like I go to the video store and like you know hire things out and I had a lot of friends that were older when I was like that age so like they would be watching stuff and um and my parents have always been like really cool like you can watch what like you know you can watch whatever you want I suppose that sounds bad but you know I, I turned out okay no matter what I watched when I was that age it's culture you can have <laughs> yeah, some yeah. culture you can have some Go culture ahead. yeah Fine. <laughs> um I think what drew me to it was like the look like we were saying like I'd never seen a movie look like that um and I think like right from the start like Vincent Gallo like the um like the shots of him with like the red boots on like I was like, mm-hmm. oh, his boots are really cool, and he needs to pee at the start, and he's walking around and getting really annoyed. And um, that high angle shot, yeah, that, that high angle shot, yes, yeah, that, that is oh, so good, so good. It just it just struck me because it was like I hadn't seen anything like it before, and I think you can watch that movie now, and you still, in my eyes, like I still feel like I haven't seen anything that that that's like that. Like it really stands on its own. Um, yeah, so it just drew me, I, I did, it, it did draw me in with the characters as well. Cause I was really confused with him. Like, why is he being so mean? But then, and like, why is she showing like, you know, um, like I think she's kind of showing like pity on him a little bit. And like, she's so hungry for his like approval. It kind of really, as a teen teenager, it kind of spoke to the, the teenager in me, I suppose of like, you know, like the asshole guy that you keep going after even though he's an asshole and then you've got some like nice friend who who's kind of like interested in you but you don't you don't want him you want the guy that's like being mean I guess kind of you know like that kind of vibe really spoke to me I think as a teenager I didn't really realize that until I watched it now because I was like I think I was kind of really in awe of Vincent Gallo when I was a teenager watching that like I was like oh wow like I want to meet someone like that which is kind of really bad like <laughs> and like now is like a 30 find a jerk <laughs> yeah now as like a 30 year old woman I'm like oh there's no way that I would like you know like what an asshole yeah like he's he's like an arrogant asshole who's like a man child like you know like getting annoyed every time something doesn't go his way and like wants her to lie and all this stuff but so watching it now as an adult it was interesting um in, in that perspective but for me like it still just looked so good and I love the um the scenes where because they kind of create this world and you know there's only like a few characters in it and then I love the way that they make things seem really surreal like in the bowling alley with Christina Ricci when she's doing the tap dance and they've got the spotlight on her and the way that they just brought that in like they don't mention it she just starts doing it and then there's like the spotlight on her but then it just goes back to like the scene like the way that's yeah, spliced in, I really that, liked that. Spotlight in um in the car at one point where they're like 
just having to talk before he goes out and pees and they're just like, he, I think he's talking to her about, you know, coming and meeting the parents and stuff. And, uh, and it's just like each one of the close-ups are like shot with like this really bright light in their face that kind of like makes no kind of like realistic sense to the scene. Yes. And then it yep. kind of like they drive off and it just like, it's unspoken mm -hmm. up. I'm really curious as to like what those conversations were to kind of lead to that. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's so funny that you kind of like see a film like that and it's Sean Ectochrome and you kind of like, when you think Ectochrome, you don't think of, you know, that kind of like muted colors. So the kind of chemical work they must have had mm. to do to get to it. To get that. Yeah. Well, I read that. Um, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. But um, it they um, there was an interview, I think, with Vincent Geller. And they were saying he wanted it to look like old, like NFL, like film reels. Like um, mm. because like the, the, the movie features like Buff Buffalo Buffalo Bills or whatever the, the team is called. He has to change everything they, slightly. I think they they actually say the name of the team. They always say Buffalo. It's yeah, like, yeah. He had to oh, change. You can get the clearance, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and he had to change the name of the player as well slightly. I think I don't really know anything about like NFL, but I was reading that. Um, but yeah, he wanted it to look like those old like NFL like reels. So like that was a lot of what informed the way like the movie um, looks. Um, and they were saying like yeah, like the the color palette was like these inky blacks and like deep reds and like washed out blues. And I was like, oh, like, I love like the way, yeah, like there's some reds and they're really like vivid and like saturated. And then like the like pale blue of like Christina Ricci's like dress and her like, you know, the blue glitter on her eyes is like super washed out. And then she's really pale and just the way she looks in that, I just like, like her and then like um, Natasha Kinski in um, Paris, Texas or like Patricia Arquette in, true romance um mm -hmm. like rose mcgowan in like the doom generation like i have all these like women in my head from these movies that i watched when i was a teenager that i just wanted to embody and i would literally just watch the movie to like take cues of like what they were wearing and like you know like they're all smoking cigarettes and like they just look really cool and like to me that was kind of why i was watching movies which maybe that's kind of not really how you should be watching movies but like so when now you're, you're a chain smoker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just have a lot of attitude <laughs> yeah but like those characters were really yeah like really impacted me um but yeah i think buffalo 66 like it's just just yeah so so amazing like i i can't think of anything else that like looks like that or a story like that that's like really weird and like the the characters and it's kind of funny too like it has these like it's i, I found oh, it yeah, funny like comic beats, yeah yeah like he's kind of funny like he's got this kind of like where he's talking it's like this jewish kind of like you know he's really like annoyed by everything and irritated and and you know but then he's like really rude and then you feel bad for laughing because he's being rude but yeah it's just like i just think it's an awesome film it's definitely um high up there on my on my list um yeah i, I and i that the part of the cinematography thing was the the flashing of the film and how you kind of like expose it to light. So I think they did that with the actual print, not the actual um, film that was going through the camera. Um, but that's such an interesting process of, and it's really risky. Um, I remember I was really fortunate. I had um, this uh, teacher, his name is uh, Vilmos Sigmund, and he shot, um, you know, close encounters of a of a third kind and mm -hmm. and deer hunter, um, oh, but he did this hunter. ultimate movie called uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, 
and uh, they flashed the film that was going through the camera. So they would, you know, send it to the lab. The lab would just kind of like, you know, flash some light on it and then it would yeah. kind of like mute the colors. And um, it, it's so incredible, like what that does. And it's just like, I would love to experiment with that. Mm. And, and like, yeah, because it, yeah. it takes a film and it completely does something else with it. Like, I wonder what it would do if you kind of like took Ektar and kind of like yeah. flashed it. Yeah, totally yeah. Put away all the benefits of Ektar. Of Ektar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucy hates Ektar. <laughs> yeah, suddenly it's not my favorite film anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, it's um, I think for film shooters, definitely watching movies that have been shot on film, whether they're like you know old or new, is is really exciting too. Like I I like looking up on like IMDb like what it was shot on or yeah like what, if they did anything in like. Um, you know, like post-processing or like, I think that's, yeah, really, um, really cool. And I love that so many more movies being like shot on film now. Like I always look on like the Kodak website and it'll say like, you know, what movies are being shot on film. And some of them I'm like, oh, I didn't even like, I wouldn't have expected a film like that to be shot on film. So it's really cool that it's increasing. Yeah. And there's so many ways to kind of do it. You know, you can shoot on film and it can finish digitally, but like, obviously, you know, back in the day you would shoot on film but you would also finish on film and I think that's the biggest difference is like when you actually see a film print in the yeah. film print stock that it has a very kind of unique look and I think when you're kind of like trying to recreate the film look even with your photography or whatever mm. you kind of like want to consider that and yeah. you know it, the kind of, I guess it was starting in the late nineties and then, you know, all the way until like probably 2010, you would, you know, shoot on film and then do your color correcting digitally and then output it to film. So that kind mm -hmm. of era in film looks a little bit different than what yeah. came before. And obviously once things were more digital afterwards, so it's kind of like really cool to see the different periods in cinema and why they look different. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's so much to like talk about, obviously with movies, like so much more goes into it than into photography. And, you know, obviously I love photography. I love talking about photography, but I feel like with movies, there's just so much more to play around with and like, and to like discuss with somebody, whether it's like, yeah, like the way it looks or the story and how you shot it. And you've got so many people involved and um, you know, with photography, it's like this, just this one image you get, which you still can like have a lot to talk about there, but, um, yeah, movies, it's just all, all you know, videos, like, it's just sort of like endless. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, photography is one of the elements that you need mm. for the process. So you can talk about the photography as much as you can talk about the sound or the script or, you know, the production design or in yeah. your case, email lead of the film, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel silly for saying that now because uh, I think I'm very connected to like the teenage me. Like when I met Lux, he was like, you always talk about like when you were a teenager or like you're always obsessed with like what other teenagers are doing now. And like when we see groups of teenagers, you always look at them like you're and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I do. Like I just kind of I just have such a curiosity of like what teenagers now are listening to or doing or what they like. And for me, that was that such a be your first short film. <laughs> I yeah, think that was one of those stories. Didn't you have what was the I because I heard your interview with uh with um with uh Mike not too long ago, your music, your uh, yes. music have yep. like podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, what, what you were talking about something about like 
you you kind of like showed up in high school and there was another girl who liked the same music you liked and you got kind of like pissed off that she liked that music i mean i think that'd be kind of a great short film yeah yes oh i can i can think of like so many like yeah real real stories or stories that i could maybe like jazz up a little bit from um from being a teenager that could make a great um a great short film for sure yeah definitely that'd make a cool cool story i could do like a modern day kids but like maybe not as full-on like (laughs) kind of you know (laughs) yeah all right you're going all the way (laughs) (laughs) but like you know what i mean like i think i watched a lot of movies like that where it really i don't know like obviously if you watch something like 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 kids when you're you know a teenager like um like it just i was like whoa like this is crazy yeah um yeah i don't know just like that kind of culture around like yeah like young people and like what they like and you know that's why i'm really interested in like how film photography is becoming more popular and a lot of it seems to be young people like not not all of it but there's a lot of like teenage girls with like film cameras and i just like yeah i'm wondering like why what why it is that they like it like what's connecting you to it and how do you feel about the experience because it's going to be so different to somebody like you and me or you know like andre and mike on negative positives like the way you know like the way they interact with it's going to be so different to to us as like real kind of enthusiasts you know and i find that really interesting that you're both both have the same hobby but you're like um doing it so differently and you're connected to it so differently so um yeah i'll have to do you you, are you a fan of uh sophia coppola's movies yeah yeah huge yeah (laughs) yeah yeah definitely virgin suicides is almost on my list because i I think that movie looks really um amazing as well uh and yeah i'm not not so keen so um keen on her like later films but i think yeah like virgin suicides lost in translation and marie antoinette i thought she did marie antoinette really well too and that movie visually is amazing as well yeah um and somewhere like was good but some of her films were shot by lance sorry by lance accord but another a bunch of her films that you should actually look at um or i think even commercials that she's done were shot by harris savides and uh that's a guy who was an amazing cinematographer. Just kind of like look at his filmography. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned so much from reading about uh, his work and just the way he kind of like interprets light and kind of like considers him. And there's like a great YouTube video where he's kind of like being interviewed and his daughter's going to take some pictures and he's explaining exactly like how he, she should use the stock and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you know, okay. make sure you yep. double it. You, you overexpose it by two stops. Two stops and he's like, yeah. Oh, what was the question? You know? And then it takes <laughs> off. But like, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have to look, I'll have to look that up as well. I feel like we'll have a lot of things to exchange when we finish this, uh, this convo. Um, but yeah, Buffalo 66, um, love, love that movie. Um, what's your next pick? Okay. So, um, I think if you're in photography and you want to get into film, uh, this is a great film to kind of, um, you know, draw from if you can happen to find an art house cinema that would show a print to it even better Mm -hmm. because it's really kind of like the best way to see this film it's called uh baraka have you ever heard of it no i haven't heard of it okay so this is kind of like it's kind of a documentary but it's not Mm -hmm. really a narrative documentary it has this kind of um uh philip glass is that his name kind of like soundtrack to it okay and kind of like broken down into kind of like themes 
and it's various imagery of kind of like nature and and ruins and kind of like urban life um and it's kind of like incredible how it's kind of like shot i guess now it feels like a, a compilation of a lot of youtube videos yeah but, yeah you know, back in the day it was kind of like really impressive but what mm -hmm. kind of like is really interesting now is just the way thematically how the things are paired and kind of like makes it tells a story without telling a story so mm -hmm. if you are a photographer and you kind of like want to get going in film it's just like oh i can see how this can get me to the next level of mm -hmm. telling a story and taking yeah. photography and and turning it into to movement into, like a segue um, into sort of doing that yeah yeah, yeah. I think that was a big influence for me in terms of, of you know, learning, you know, mm -hmm. how to transition from from film uh, or from yep. from photography to film. Photography. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it sounds really interesting. I like something, like you say, like, it's just a, a little step because I think, um, like, f movies can feel really, or like doing anything in movies, like when you say like, oh, when are you going to do like a short film? Or I just like panic because I'm like, oh my God, like, there'd be all these things to think about, you know, like there's so many components that go into a movie. And to me, like, like, I don't know a whole lot about like actually physically making movies. And there's a bit of a You're mystery making a movie every kind of like two weeks. I guess so. Yeah. It doesn't really. Yeah. Like it's it is literally it is. the only difference now <laughs> is you're telling a story and it's not what, you know, Ektar looks like at yeah. night, you know, how you feel about something. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is true. But like, I, I always feel like there's this like magic and mystery to filmmaking and movies in general, which um, obviously would get broken down like for somebody like you who who's there to see it. And I was always like my apprehension of studying um, anything to do with movies because that was always something that I thought about doing. But then I didn't do it because a little bit because I was worried that it would lose its magic and mystery, you know, like like, how did they get that to look like that? Or, well, you know, sometimes it, when things get broken down and then they become not as, like, impressive. It's like when you really like you really like a cafe or a restaurant and then you work there and then you're like, oh, I hate this place now because I've seen the kitchen and I know all about it, you know? So now it's not the same as it was when I just came here as, like, a patron. Like, I didn't want that to happen to movies, I guess, if that makes sense. But did did you have that with photography? Like, are you totally disillusioned by photography now? No, I feel like I'm still just as amazed by photography because I don't really get very caught up in like the technical aspects of it. So to me, it still seems magical, I guess, because I'm kind of ignorant. Like I'm very like, I'm just taking the photo and I look at the photo and I still think, oh, wow, can't believe I put that in a camera and that came out and now it's on my computer screen. Like, <laughs> I, Then I think you'll be fine with film. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's just a really good excuse for me to like, when I was younger for me to not not go study things because you know like you know when you put these barriers like up for yourself of like or excuses of like why you can't do something because maybe you're scared of doing something that you really you know you'd really like because maybe you would would fail yeah. or, you, or you wouldn't be good at it and then you'd be like oh I'm so shattered that like my dream of becoming a whatever isn't going to be a reality so well, that's why you got to do it for yourself, because that's kind of like the most important. It's just like, what what film do I want to see? And then you kind of like try to make that film. And yeah, it, yeah. At least you've satisfied yourself, even if you're totally. Yeah. For it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to do things for yourself and not for like the, the, the accolades and all that. But I think that's the same with YouTube, too. Like I started that kind of 
for a few different reasons, but because I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see on YouTube. So we made that. And I think, yeah. So like that makes me happy that I've put out there what I, you know, felt like I wanted to see, like I filled that gap. So like the success of that, just that for me is like enough, you know what I mean? Like regardless of like how many views it gets and like all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. We'll have to um I'll have to watch this um this this film. What was it called again? Baraka. Baraka. How do you spell that? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. You can send it to me. I'll I'll link everything in the show notes as well so that everybody can go watch like the trailers and maybe like read. I'll link a couple of articles on all the movies so people can read about it and stuff. Um, Okay. Next up for me is um, Clerks, like the the, the, the first Clerks, obviously. Um, Kevin Smith. Yeah. 1994. I'm sure a lot of people listening would be like super familiar with the movie. there's a third one coming out. Yeah, I saw that actually when I was doing a little bit of uh, of research. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you listen to the podcast, the Criterion Cult podcast. Um, it's like it's two. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like two guys. Um, I, I think they're really funny. And um, they did a, an episode recently um, on Clerks and Slacker. And they talk about like those two movies. And it kind of made me be like, yes, I'm definitely going to pick Clerks because more of it's, I mean, I think it's, it looks really cool and it's doing that very, like the shots are very minimal, more from a budget point of view, I assume. Like, you know, the budget was really small. I think Kevin Smith like maxed out his credit cards to make clerks. Like that's the, that's the story around it. Um, and I think that's so awesome. Like, I just think that's so cool that he was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. And he made this awesome film that still today you can watch. That's like really cool. And then, you know, he's gone on to do like various other things. Um, So I think I chose it more from like the aspect of you don't need, um, you don't need like a lot of money or like a lot of gear to like create like really good work. And I think Clerks is very inspirational in its sensibility, you know, the way he just did it and like put it out there and got it done. And I think we can do that with photography. Like you can have like a cheap point and shoot or I don't know, like a Nikon F60 and like... Yeah, I'm not not so cheap I anymore. I but... Nikon L35. That was the camera my dad had when I was a kid. And oh, really? I, yeah, yeah. So oh, I've got to so get cool. one of those. Yes, yeah. you have to get one. Yes, for sure. Yeah, if your dad had one. <laughs> you yeah. know anything about them? Uh, oh, just you know, here and there, a couple of things. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, Clerks is definitely. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm like keen to watch it again. And I think they shot it in black and white, also from a budget um point of view yeah, i think that was that mm. that might have been 16 but yeah i remember mm. he went to kind of like vancouver film school and then he was like okay time to make a movie and mm. kind of everything you said just kind of like maxed out on credit cards but i love hearing him talk about film mm. probably more so than i love his his films Films. because like <laughs> his passion for it is incredible. Mm. It's so infectious. Yes. So like whenever he's promoting a film, it's like, yeah, I'll go see it just because of the way you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, uh, um, very passionate and um, look got a lot of energy. Like when he's talking, like when I've seen him interview, like people at festivals and stuff like that. Yeah. He's got really good energy. Um, but yeah, Clux is awesome film. And I like the way they, um, I, I like anything that's born out of like restrictions. I always really like like whether that's music, like you think about like punk, punk music, like, you know, people don't know how to play their instruments. Like they don't have any money, you know, or like things that are recorded, like really like lo-fi kind of music, like 
and then that becomes like part of the vibe of it rather than just because that's all people could afford and then it becomes a style and people are like trying to make things look or sound a certain way that was actually born out of people only having that to work with so that it's kind of like becomes mm. a little bit ironic um but yeah I think Clerks is like an inspiration to like any creative person who wants to do something and like you know they don't have like unlimited resources yeah I'm trying to make my eight by ten photographs look like half frames now oh really yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of getting like that like everyone's um yeah like the camcorder thing we were talking about before like you know people um you know using those and like digicams and like all these things are kind of like coming back but then everything else in our lives is like so high tech so it's like this juxtaposition of like the two things is really interesting oh man i wonder if i'm going to embrace the kind of like comeback of lo-fi video cameras because that was like not a good period for me I hated it so much oh really I just that era to end yeah I just yeah I knew that like 10 years from when I was using these cameras things would be so much better, better. but they look so bad yeah and that that I was just like let me get to film let me get to film, film and then yeah. it's like oh such a relief yeah. yeah 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 I can imagine I think those kind of things are different for like it to like it depends when you grew up or like how old you are whether those things are like intriguing or like just bad or you never want to do it again or you're like cool I never use one of those that looks like vintage to me now so I want to try it like it really depends on like which yeah um, like generation you, you fall in um winning time the kind of uh the 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 story about the Lakers um with John no. C. Riley. no I haven't seen that it shot on 16 and I think they use some sort of kind of like old beta format as well. Okay. And they cut the two and it's kind of like unbelievable in terms of the, the texture shifts and visually how kind of like different it is. And it's kind yeah. of like, yeah, using those technologies in kind of like a way that is so unique and it's just mm. like captivating. Yeah. I think okay. you should check it out. Yeah. It Visually, sounds- you'll be kind of like, yeah, amazed. Mm. Oh, sounds really cool. Oh, I have so, we're always going to have so many things to watch. And hopefully the audience is like, you know, writing all these Your down. Your notes are just going to endless. Oh, they're just going to be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to take me like two hours to do this. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. Um, what's up next for you, your pick? Uh, for me up next, I guess th- this is where it gets kind of like tricky in terms of like which ones do I eliminate to kind of like put this on the list because, yep. you know, and I guess um, th- this is kind of like a must for any kind of like film nerd and it's like the Big Lebowski. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, that's the type of movie that, you know, I can probably quote from from beginning to end yes and, yeah. like so uh, many other people i feel like a lot of people can yeah it's a highly yeah. quotable yeah it's 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 kind of an obvious one but i you know the first time i saw it i didn't get it i i, I remember my father had gone to see it with my brother and he was already kind of quoting it and like laughing and i was like oh my god this is gonna be great and i kind of like went to see it with a friend and we were just like did you understand that? I'm like, yeah, it was fine, I guess. I mean, it wasn't that great. And then um, I remember I had I had somehow gotten a DVD of it. And there was the one scene that I loved, which was the, uh, you know, the Jesus 
bowling scene with the Gypsy Kings playing Hotel California mm-hmm. and like how that was like stylistically shot. And, you know, there were storyboards online of like what the Coen's kind of like how they planned it and how they laid it out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is incredible. And I would just watch that scene over and over and over again. And then since it was like, at some point I'd let the DVD play and I'd watch a bit more and then I'd watch a bit more and then I'd watch like, I'll see it from the beginning. And then I started watching it from the beginning. And then it was just like, oh my God, this is actually a fantastic film. And like to this day, it's just like the amount that you learn is just, or that you discover is incredible. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have a confession. I've only seen it. I've I've only seen it once. And like quite a long and time it was ago. Only the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I watched it and I I haven't watched it again, but it's like another one of those movies that gets brought up so much and like people, you know, always like, you know, cited as an influence and people love like the Coen brothers so much. Um, and like, you know, learn so much from them. Um, so I feel it it feels like I've seen it more than once, but I definitely need to like go back and watch it um again. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, it's a movie that some people just don't connect with either. And there's like nothing wrong with that. Like, Mm. it doesn't mean that some people are like completely obsessed with it, um, that, you know, everybody has to be. But it's just like, it's amazing how culturally that has kind of affected so many people and kind of like how quotable a movie that is. Yes. Yep. For sure, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to. I'll have to revisit that. Um. Definitely. And Coen Brothers are awesome. Um. We uh, a couple of months ago watched. Oh, no- I okay. sent you that uh, screen capture from Raising Arizona, where there were those yes. two pictures, those two cameras. Yes. <laughs> In the wide shot, it's a different than the. It's like the, the Canon, shot. like ML or something like this, similar to like the L thirty five, like the Canon kind of version, but it's yeah continuity. Um era yeah so funny yeah yeah it's funny they must have had like two cameras and that do you want this one or this one and they shot it and then it's like which one did we use for the They're like oh okay. shot? i don't know i think it was that one yeah and all the photo nerds now are going but that's the l35 <laughs> yeah probably they thought oh this is interchangeable no one will ever notice but yeah little, little <laughs> did they know um yeah awesome okay all right great pick um, my next pick is a movie called The Killing of Two Lovers. I don't know if you have seen it. It came out in twenty okay, it came out in twenty twenty, so it's like a new a newer film. Um, I saw it in the cinema, which was um always nice if you can actually see something in the cinema. We had like a weekend away. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we went to the movies. I picked it out like I was like, Oh, I don't really know much about this. Looks like an indie film, looks like something I would like. So we saw it and like, oh, I was just like so blown away like afterwards and like Lux was like, that was really, really good. Um, it's directed by Robert McConian. I can't say his last name and I, I know I'm saying it wrong. So I'll link it and people can message me about it and like tell me how to pronounce his name. Um, but he is a photography teacher and makes so much sense like in the movie because there's in the movie there's just these like really well composed like static shots um Mm. and like he just lets things like move within the frame um and afterwards when I was researching it and it said he was a photography teacher I was like oh I can so tell that from you know like from from the movie um and then when he does like move the camera around it's very it's like it's adding something to the to the movie like it's creating tension or there's these scenes where the 
main character is like driving in his truck and they've like put the camera like inside the truck and it's like very so it has this very like claustrophobic feeling mm-hmm. um or they'll like do tracking shots like of him like walking um but overall like the camera work is kind of minimal which i i really like like i like that um and then yeah like a lot of static shots that just kind of look like a series of really nice photographs so it was like really just yeah very very visually pleasing but the story also um is really good it's kind of like a family drama um dialogue's pretty minimal as well which is like another thing that i really like in movies um but yeah it's about like a failing marriage and like so male big, uh, tarantino fan I mean, I do really like Tarantino as well and like that kind of dialogue, but um, I just love when, you know, people can, when, when you can like, like the show, show don't tell, I guess, like that whole kind sure. of, um, yeah. you know, yeah, thing. Yeah. just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I but, like that. Uh, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I remember when I started kind of like transitioning from photography to film, mm-hmm. like everything was always a tableau. Like I really had a hard time moving the camera because yeah. I'm like if you move it you have so much so much of this shot which isn't nice yes. you know? <laughs> yeah 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 like everything has to look nice yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure yeah I'm yeah. always like that when I'm like obviously photographing like you know it's like you, you, you know like I'm composing and, and I'm like oh I wish that like you know new Toyota four-wheel drive wasn't there because it's really ruining like the part of the photograph so like I find a way to like compose it to like get rid of that and like you know, yeah, I can imagine if you're filming something and then you're like panning over and it's like, oh, that's in the shot and now it doesn't look like as good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's why I'm actually really loving all these kind of like YouTube channels and stuff like that. And you have people kind of like talking about it because I think, you know, um, Jason from Grainy Days was kind of like talking about something very similar and just like the way he was kind of shooting things when. I would kind of like try to crop things out and just get closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, if you actually just abandon that and step back and mm-hmm. just embrace it and just go with it, you kind of like realize that in the end of the day, it's it it's it it's not affecting it in a negative way. It's actually contributing something to it. Mm-hmm. And um, and you just have to kind of like fight that kind of little kind of disturbance while you're composing and just accept it and then you realize when you see the picture that wow it is kind of like presenting it in a different way so it's just I you know and that's just because of YouTube videos I mean it's like incredible how you'll kind of learn from someone like that just by kind of like watching totally oh yeah for sure you can learn learn so much um from YouTube in general but yeah just from like having conversations with people about things or like the way they think about stuff or the way they do something or um when you're like um I don't really take photos with too many people like physically but like when I've been on a couple of photo walks with like friends or like like my friend Matt in Brisbane it's really interesting because I'm like normally it's a solo thing that I do like go and take photos and when you do it with someone else you like it you learn a lot about like yourself like through them through like what's catching their eye or like oh you want to photograph that like oh I wouldn't have thought of photographing that or um I don't know just like yeah so many things can then point things out in you so yeah for sure but I think getting not getting caught up in like getting the perfect um shot with everything that you want like in it definitely like yeah stepping back and accepting it and seeing it and being like oh that actually looks good and that wasn't a big deal that like that was in it yeah for sure yeah as soon as you're looking through the viewfinder that thing is so dominant and then you realize yeah. well just like you're making 
you know, a bigger deal out of it than it really is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, this um, this movie is also interesting because it's um, you'll have to look it up because oh, watch it and let me know. But I was convinced, like we were both, like Lux and I were convinced it was shot on film because like it looked like grainy and like it just looks so good. I was like, it's definitely shot on film, like for sure. Like we know when you're like without a doubt, and then. Um, I couldn't like it didn't say that it was shot on film anywhere and pe- nobody's shooting on film and not telling you that that they did that. Right. So I was like, it's obviously not shot on film, um, but I don't know what they did like yet, um, you know, in post or I don't know. But like you, you, you'll probably be able to tell more maybe or, or, you know, you'll you'll know more when you see it. But it just looks really, really good. Um, and they've also shot it in uh like a four by three like aspect ratio so there's kind of like some letterboxing on the side when we saw it in the cinema and um Mm -hmm. they do lots of like close-ups of like people's faces like really close while they're like kind of doing these monologues um Mm -hmm. and like it flips back from each person as they're talking like having a conversation and then with that aspect ratio and then the tension of the film because it's like a failing marriage so it's very you know and he he's he he's trying to get her back and she doesn't you know, she's like moving away and then she starts like seeing someone else and he's really angry, but he's trying not to get angry because he wants to get her back. So it's very, 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 very tense. Like the whole time I was like, like just my whole body was like super tense. And I love that. Like I love being like really, you know, like in that space when I'm watching a movie. Um, And yeah, like the everything they do, like the score as well, like there's like a gun kind of like, like, you know, noise, like through the whole thing, like when they slam the door, it's like really loud. So like everything in the movie is like this, like visually and like the sound, like everything is just creating this really claustrophobic environment to work alongside the story and really support that. It's almost more like it's doing more than the, than the story. Like it's, it's like another like character, like in the film almost. So I really appreciated the, um, like the emphasis placed on all of those points. It, It wasn't just like, we're going to make the actors do everything and the dialogue do everything. We're going to like use every part of a movie that we can to like create this whole um, vibe. So yeah, I got super obsessed with the movie and I listened to heaps of interviews with the director um, and it was yeah really interesting. I'll link some of them below. Um, but yeah, when I found out he was a photography teacher, I was like, oh, you're like, so my guy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I hope I can see it in a theater because when there's so many of those elements kind of like at play, mm, you know, watching yeah. it on a iPad isn't quite the same. No, it's not. And it's such a shame. Like it would be good if we could see everything like that. Cause some, sometimes I think like when someone recommends something and then you do watch it at home on the TV or whatever, or on the laptop and you're kind of like underwhelmed, but like they really liked it cause they saw it in the cinema. I always think, Oh damn, like, you know, um, I wish I could have seen it like that. Cause there's certain movies that, you know, you really want to see, like in I mean ideally you want to see everything like that but some movies like yeah really really need like need that experience and I think this was definitely one of them um but yeah it was very cool it was shot in Utah so like um I don't really I don't know that much about Utah but like there was like really um beautiful like mountains in the background of all of the like still shots so like the couple would be placed in the bottom and they'd be like kind of arguing and it was very like everything had that like claustrophobic feel in like the bottom of the frame. But then there was like these like rolling mountains behind and like this really like vast landscape. So it was like open, but like claustrophobic kind of at the same time. And it kind of looked separate, like they looked separate to like the backdrop almost. And then it kind mm-hmm. of had a painterly kind of vibe to it as well, which like a lot of like photographs do. Like I know Jason talks about that a lot 
like you know like drawing inspiration from like paintings and stuff so it was just everything was just like I was just loving everything in the movie and like everything was like crossing over and I felt so like inspired like it made me want to go take photos so I love when that happens when you watch a movie so highly recommend yeah yeah absolutely wow I'm just excited to see it good <laughs> I feel like Kevin Smith I'm like oh my god I love this movie like I'm just like super super slacked on it yeah um what about you what's your next pick are we on the last one now or um I think we are yeah yeah I think yeah I have one more so yeah we're on the last one yeah last one is the dish the dish I've I don't I don't think I've heard of oh. this it was that was leading up to a joke. It's actually a, oh, sorry. Uh, an Australian <laughs> movie <laughs> from like 2000 um, about uh, they needed a way for for the world to see the moon landing. And there was kind of like in Australia, there was this dish that could actually kind of like um, have the the broadcast be kind of you know everywhere in the world and stuff like that but then things go wrong la 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 okay. anyways it's kind of like a comedy um okay. that 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 you know whenever I kind of like have Australian friends I kind of like bring up that movie and they're like how do you know that movie because oh, I feel like so bad I I don't think I've heard of it I feel really really bad <laughs> like <laughs> I think because I have um like I haven't seen a lot of Australian films like I've never seen Priscilla Queen of the Desert um i've never seen muriel's wedding i've never seen the castle i don't know if you know any of those but they're movies yeah, that every australian like has, has seen those movies, loves those movies but we never watch them at home like my whole family's british so we i don't know like we just always watched like really like mike lee movies you know right. a, a, like right. stuff like that like really depressing like british um dramas and like things things that you wouldn't normally just not like normal things so like that was always what we were watching and everything was very British even though I grew up in Australia so like I always felt weird when I went to other people's houses and then like yeah they'd be like talking about stuff like that or like eating Vegemite because like we never had that and so I kind of feel like an outsider in my own oh what is that Vegemite it's like a spread like a um have you never heard of Vegemite it's like very very Australian (laughs) I'll have to I'll have to send I'll have to send you some it's like a um like you put, you it put on, it on put it on toast, like butter and oh. butter and vegemite. Kind of like Marmite. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, I see. It's okay. like the Australian yeah. version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I didn't have it when I was in Australia. I was I I, I had shot there um six or seven years ago. It oh, was kind cool. of like crazy. I was only in Sydney, but I loved okay. it. It was kind of like uh, like Toronto meets LA. It was like really yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, a great time kind of shooting there um, yeah okay how long were uh, you in Sydney for just over two weeks mm-hmm. um it was like a really crazy shoot where we started in Istanbul then we went to Hong Kong and then we finished in Sydney and we were kind of like um let loose in terms of like uh, the the influence of Baraka and stuff like that really kind of yeah wasn't play here because it was just kind of like going to various interesting areas and kind of just shooting you know there's this the airport there is incredible because there's this like um this this landing strip that's uh that's just over the highway so it was like these kind of like cars go underneath and this like crazy airplane and then we have all these cyclists kind of like going by in the foreground and it was just kind of like uh like visually incredible um to shoot there so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of like go back and yeah even see 
more of, of, mm. of Australia. See where yeah. the dish was at. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of um, like good movies too. I was going to put some of them on the list, like more like kind of art housey Australian films as well um, yeah. that, that I think could like a lot of people like don't know and maybe like Australia doesn't get credit for like those kind of films. Um, like I don't know if you've anyway, seen... what, What's the spread called that you... It's called ve- Veggie Mite. Like V-E-G-E might. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not right, it's not for um I think recently when Tom Hanks was in Australia, like he and he he was in hospital or something, I think he was, and he was trying um Vegemite and like uh it was like in the news and and he, he put it on his toast, but he put it on like really thick and it's really strong. So like you only put like okay. a little bit on, but he didn't know because he's like, you know, American and he's like just putting it on and everyone was like, no, because it's gonna be like really <laughs> awful experience for him. So um yeah you'll have to you'll have to try i have an australian friend she wanted to bring back this like australian saying like what was it had something to do with figs like fig bar or something like that Figs. i don't know figs i can't think of anything there's so many uh, like saying the best one is okay so i went to film school uh in part in budapest and we were like students from around the world and so there were a few australian students and i came in with a like very canadian shirt um from a canadian company called roots and (laughs) we're like Yeah, I was like, I see where this is going that's straight away. Pretty, <laughs> that's pretty ballsy of you to wear that shirt. I'm like, wait, it's, it's just like roots. It's just like, yeah. It was like, do you not know what that means? I'm like, you're like, it's, no. It's a store called Roots. roots. Just like, no, uh, we'll tell you what we'll that means. We'll tell you what root means. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's um, yes as soon as you said that I was like oh, I can imagine like a bunch of Australians just being like oh what are you like yeah what are you wearing yeah there's heaps of um like colloquialisms and like sayings and sometimes even I hear things and I'm like I've never heard that before and someone's like oh have you never like there's just so many so um but fig again jam. that's what it was fig fig jam fig jam as a as a as a saying like a yeah all right, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna look it up. I'll, I'll get to the bottom of this. Okay, yeah, get to the bottom and let me know. I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask Lux if that means anything to him. But yeah, again, we had like a lot of because growing up, like my parents said a lot of things that, like you know, like very English things. Um, more more so than like you know the Australian things. So like those were the things that I was like more in tune with, I guess. But um, but yeah, um, super cool that you've been here, and it would be awesome to like have you um back. You'd probably really like Melbourne as well. Um, like I think I like Sydney, but I prefer, um, I prefer Melbourne. Like it's, it's very artsy weather's not as good, but like, yeah, very cool. And, um, yeah, like has a really good, like arts, like scene and like coffee and food. And yeah, it's, um, really, yeah, yeah really Actually, cool. it's, that's the debate. There's a, a really good, um, coloring place, uh, in Toronto that does the, or like post kind of effects. So they do the visual effects, but they also do the color for, for films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the two guys that run it are Australian. One's from Melbourne, one's for Sydney. So oh, whenever okay. you're in a yep. session with one or the other, yes. you get the benefits of whatever place you're kind of like talking about. For sure. Um, yep. Did you get to see the, uh, short film I made? um no I didn't get time to watch okay. it I'm sorry I watched some of the I was watching through like the adverts and stuff like um, oh cool that you sent through yes they were like super cool like very very like cinematic and yeah I was about to get to the short film but I um ran out of time but we'll definitely check it well, out 
the ads were colored by those guys. Um, okay. But the film um, was colored by Eric, who um, also did uh, Mad Max. And he's oh, like awesome. super gifted and it's just like brings it to a whole other level. And, you know, with the kind of like shooting digital and kind of giving it that film feel, which mm-hmm. is, you know, sacrilegious to some people, but I love to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like he kind of like does it in an amazing way. And we kind of like really had a lot of fun kind of doing it for that film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So but, cool. Yeah. To get to like my actual uh, fifth oh. choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Cause I'm, I, I can't um, believe I feel so embarrassed. I feel so un-Australian that I haven't seen or even yeah, heard of this movie. Your passport uh, if you that's okay. I, I have a British <laughs> one as well, but I don't really know if I want that. I think I'd rather keep the Australian one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was hard. I think there's a lot of runner ups, uh, for Mm. that one. I think, um, the runner ups are, are, well, you know, when we, we started talking about cinematographers, I mentioned one of them was Vittorio Storaro, but the other guy is, um, uh, Bob Richardson who, uh, did all of Oliver Stone's kind of like, uh, uh, I guess it was like the first eight or so movies that he yep. made and mm-hmm. then he ended up um becoming Tarantino's cinematographer and you know doing a lot of Scorsese films as mm-hmm. well um, yep. and he is incredible so mm-hmm. um one of my films uh that was probably a runner-up is is JFK because it was it was it like had such an impact on me mm-hmm. because of the visuals and um mostly because of like how Bob Richardson lit stuff and he kind of like had these very kind of like the emphasis of of Mueller you know it's like the yes complete yeah 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 you yeah, know it's yeah, like totally different it's very big it's very loud it's very kind of like you know yeah. it present you know it's um what uh the Oliver F- uh Stone film with um uh Ed um Natural Born Killers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. Like so when good. He count, like, there's those, mm-hmm. like that was one of his films, and it's like super green and kind of like these rooms and kind of like yep. it's like kind of crazy. So that was one of the runner ups. The other runner up um, was uh, the Purple Rose of Cairo, the kind of Woody yep. Allen. Woody film. Allen like, film. Yeah. It's like just the abstract kind of film. Yep. Obviously, like he's persona non grata right now, but like um, the, a lot of his movies are just kind of like so poignant, so well made, and so so good. Well-crafted. Yeah, and like that's yep. not one of the ones that's usually talked about. But no, you know, that's a very like yeah, like usually it's like Annie Hall, like you know Manhattan, and yeah, a bunch of others, but never never that one. I've I've seen it a few times. I have like a box set of all his films. Um, yeah, like like DVDs, so I'll have to watch that again but yeah I remember really liking that I'm like a massive massive Woody Allen fan like I love I know he's you know yeah totally like unpopular with so many people (laughs) I know but I love it like I just love um I was actually having this conversation with somebody um on Instagram his films (laughs) I love his films yeah um and I think he's hilarious and like yeah just um but I was having this conversation with somebody because I posted I think I, I posted a book about Morrissey like um from the Smiths um it was like someone had written an essay on how he's become really right wing and you know they were just discussing that so I posted it on Instagram because I was like oh this looks like a cool book and then I posted um a photography book that Vincent Gallo had done and it was like 
you know, from ages ago. And I was like, this looks cool. And then they were kind of like, oh, like, you know, be careful with what you're sharing because like Morrissey's really right wing and like Gallo has this like, you know, new rep- reputation that I wasn't really aware of. Like he's doing this new movie with, um, you know, like very conservative kind of people. And I was like, oh, I had no idea that that was even going on. Um, doesn't surprise me with Gallo because he's very kind of like antagonistic. Um, and then it made me think of like Woody Allen and how so many times like I've brought up like loving Woody Allen and it's caused like a bit of a rift with people at parties or, you know, it's very like, um, but it opened up this great conversation with this person on my Instagram about like kind of, which probably would make a good podcast episode of like art and like, you know, where do you draw the line or can you still appreciate things from people whether, oh, because of what they've done? Like, yeah. you know, you could say the same thing for like Roman Polanski or, you know, I don't know, like I'm a big like Terry Richardson fan in like his photography, not like what he did. Yeah. And like, that was a really big inspiration for me as like a young person. So, and to be honest, I feel like you dig deep enough on a lot of people and like, you know, you you find things where you're like, oh, okay. Like, um, you know, I was doing it recently, researching a photographer and there was accounts where like, people were saying they didn't feel comfortable and you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's a bit of a minefield, but I think the conversation around like, you know, can you still appreciate someone's art or like Woody Allen, can you still kind of enjoy Woody Allen's movies regardless of what he's done? I I think you can. Yeah. All the trash that's coming out on Van Gogh and Carvaggio right now is insane. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a it's a bit of a minefield, but um, but yeah, no, I love Woody Allen, and that's a really um, Purple Rose of Cairo is definitely one I'm going to revisit um as well for sure, and I love yeah. Hannah, Hannah and her sisters is another one of my favorites. I really like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I, I love like, that. Yeah, him trying to make a Bergman film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not a, not a fan. <laughs> oh no, I'm like let's let's stick to the 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 dialogue here. Oh really? <laughs> Oh, oh, Hannah yeah. and her sisters is like, yeah, that's definitely like one. It's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh that's really wow, funny. That's interesting. Are you, have you seen any Bergman films? No, I haven't, but I've like read uh, about them and like, I know that I should. So, if you um, know, yeah. If you like Hannah and her sisters, then like, yeah, get it from probably the like the original. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad when it's like, someone's like, this came from this and then you don't know like the original source. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. my um i definitely well, have sorry he's he's not so the actual there's like an uh, sorry i'm kind of like sneaking in like five other films on the no list. that's okay go for it but like yeah the other one was uh was um boogie nights i think like just like mm-hmm. uh all the paul thomas anderson films just kind of like had yeah. such a, a yep. huge impact on me but for like the fifth film as obvious it is as it is again for like uh uh you know, film kind of nerd is, is Pulp Fiction, you know, yes. I think yeah, that film of course. narratively when you kind of mm. like it, you know, it was just like, what is happening? And just kind of mm-hmm. the, the, not only the dialogue, but just kind of like the way it's kind of like structured yes. and, uh, and, you know, it was kind of like a film that kind of, I feel like I've heard so much of this stuff before, but it's all put together in mm. this kind of like crazy way. Like packaged so up. Just, yeah. 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 I managed to sneak in like five films there. <laughs> That's totally fine. That's so fun. I love that. Um, the more, the more, the better. Um, but yeah, Pulp Fiction for sure. I, I really like Jackie Brown. That's probably my favorite Tarantino film. I love that first scene of of her on the like um on a on walkway. The, 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 yeah, the, what's it called? I'm like blanking. Like ele- not elevator, es- escalator. Uh, yeah, her going across. Yeah. Is that what it's called? An escalator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's the um 
It's the moving sidewalk. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, like yeah. her going across. Like I just love that. Um, that that shot and like the music, and I love like uh, Robert De Niro in that movie too because it's like a like yeah. really cool like weird like role for him and like him and um is it Bridget Bridget Fonda like them like yeah. them together is really funny. Uh, yeah, just love love that. I think Jackie Brown's like kind of underrated because it sort oh, of takes completely. a backseat to like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs and stuff, and I actually think it's like way more genius and. Um, yeah, like, wait, yeah, cool, I mean, cooler. it was the follow up to Pulp Fiction. So the, like people had high hopes and he didn't yeah. write it either. So it was kind of like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. All, yeah. It, all these asterisks attached to it, but yeah, I, I could watch that film over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, I'll have to, I've seen, Bo- uh, Boogie Nights, but I'll have to, um, rewatch that as well. I'm not a huge like PTA fan. Um, like, uh, yeah, I know. And I know that this is like another thing that really um <laughs> if people get really because like people love him. Uh, like I just I don't know. I haven't seen Licorice Pizza, um, but it looks really cool and I want to see it. I was meant to see it at the movies and then um we had to cancel. But um I, I do really want to see that because like it, it looks like the soundtrack looks cool and I like the, the cast he's chosen, like Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman's son and the girl from that Heim band and it looks yeah. cool, so I feel like I'd like it. Um but yeah, generally no, it, I'm not a huge fan of him. Oh my god. Yeah, he I could watch it, any one of his films like yeah, it's 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 incredible. But Licorice Pizza was kind of crazy in terms of the aesthetic of it cuz I shot I saw it twice and once I saw kind of like a um uh like version on that obviously had been scanned and like on t- on a tv and mm-hmm. then the other one i saw in cinema on 35 okay. and um the 35 one looks like a great kind of 35 mil kind of projection and looks mm-hmm. really incredible with kind of like those anamorphic lenses and stuff yeah but um for some reason the digital version looks amazing it was oh, kind really? of like crazy something that you never hear but it was yeah. like you know, like the way it was scanned or kind of like colored, mm-hmm. um, it's completely different than the print, um, but had such an amazing look. It was just kind of like there were just some shots I just had to pause yeah. because they were like so incredible. But okay. yeah, I think I think you might change on on PTA once you see that film. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I, I did really fancy it, and I was really excited to see it. And then like, yeah, it was on, and we had to cancel. So, um, but yeah, and I'm psyched to psyched to see it. Um, okay, cool. Well, my last pick is the 1986 David Lynch film Blue Velvet, um, which is, I guess, it's a pretty obvious pick. I mean, a lot of people like David Lynch. Uh, I, I love David Lynch. I think he's. I could have guessed that was on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm real, have like Lynch vibes. Um, but yeah, Blue Velvet, another total kind of like just force. And like when I saw it, I was like, this is super weird. And like Dennis Hopper, like with his uh like mask and just like everything about it's just super weird and like really but really cool um and I love the what I love about it like most like visually and I think David Lynch does this in a lot of his films is like like he often chooses like a blonde girl and then like a brunette and like they're kind of like representative of like I guess the stereotypes of like maybe like the blonde more kind of like um, you know, virginal kind of girl. And then there's like the one that like someone's lusting after that's like the the darker, more mysterious sort of like brunette. And like, I really like the way he, he you know, just um, like nods at that just with like their, you know, their hair color and 
like their costumes and stuff. So like, yeah, Laura Dern's like kind of like got this girl next door vibe and like, you know, Dorothy's very um, mysterious and like troubled. Um, And I like the opening shots in like blue velvet of like the white picket fence with the red roses and everything's like a little bit too happy and clean and um, like the the colors in all those um, shots are really cool and like very suburban. Like, and I think when you look on Instagram, we're all photographing that kind of stuff, like fence with the flowers and, you know, like the classic cars and like kind of wanting this like 50s suburban kind of feel in our photography. Um, but then he takes it to this really dark place of, you know, like this kind of underbelly of the suburbs and there's like all these other things going on. And yeah, I really like like the descent into that world. Um, yeah, is 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 really cool. And yeah, just like visually, again, like the colors, um, uh, like her with like the red lipstick on and like the scenes when she's like singing and like her apartment even. Um, just yeah everything's very stylized and just yeah really cool and I love when somebody can just like create this whole world that's you know totally unrealistic and things don't have to add up and like make sense and I think Lynch is really good at that yeah very dream like surreal kind of like um, yeah so yeah definitely yeah. Blue Velvet if you it's haven't so seen funny. it and like you're gonna have the same reaction but your reaction to to Paul Thomas Anderson is my reaction to to David Lynch. I know I'm supposed to like him so much more. But you don't you don't like him? <laughs> it's not that I don't like him. I think his films are are great, but mm. I just don't have the the kind of rewatch kind mm. of yeah, um, yep, yep, yep. enthusiasm that I do for for oh. Paul Thomas Anderson films. Wow, which yeah, I can yeah. rewatch over and over yep. again. Like the Lynch film, I'm like, yeah, that was great. But you're like, I'm I'm good yeah. with just yeah, the I'm one good. view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm really glad though, because like I think it's really interesting when someone doesn't like I never get like offended or like butthurt if someone doesn't like something I like. Like um I think it's you know, really cool. And like, it's interesting. You kind of learn more about why you like something when someone doesn't like it. Like it creates more conversations. Two people just like something. They're like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And um, so yeah, it's interesting that we both, and that I brought him up and you're like, oh yeah, he's my, he's my PTA. Like I'm not, not that um, psyched on him, but yeah, I think like Lynch isn't for everyone definitely. And I don't like all his movies, but um, like, yeah, Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart. I was struggling to choose between the two because, like, I really liked Wild at Heart as well. Um, so so I, I feel like I want to choose both, but I think, yeah, um, Blue Velvet. Listen, I picked five films for my <laughs> final one, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, Runners Up definitely were, like, we were saying, like, um, Sofia Coppola, like, yeah, Virgin Suicides, um, for sure. Like, that movie looks awesome. And um, I just, yeah, even even somewhere like that movie, I, I didn't like it. So it was really boring, like as in like the story. But like I just like watching her movies and like how she seeing through her kind of eyes, like the way she curates everything. And she's got a really good like visual like style. And um, yeah, you know, she actually did you ever see I was kind of searching for it at one point. I didn't really do deep, deep, deep dive. But um, in like the late 90s, I kind of have this memory of her shooting these like uh fashion adverts like kind of like for different fashion companies yeah and they were kind of like what's like really trendy now it was like a lot of point and shoot style yeah kind of like photography and, yeah yeah mm, that rings a bell to me as well um like like I've seen something like that and she's always been very involved in fashion I feel like she maybe did stuff with like like Marc Jacobs or um I, I don't know if I'm making that up in my head or, or or if I've like read that somewhere but yeah she's um and like her wine she has like a wine company and all the photography 
um, of like just like the wine bottles on Instagram I've seen. Like just everything she touches is just like she's just so cool, you know? Yeah. Like I just... yeah. Her, her <laughs> brother, Roman Kobla, actually did yeah. a really great film, um, CQ, which is kind of like a love letter to film. Um, and he's okay, kind gosh. of like really present. He does like second unit on kind of like some of her films and yep. he works with, um, Wes Anderson a mm-hmm. lot. Um, yep. And, uh, um, he directed some episodes of, um, oh, I can't remember. It's about the, um, the, the kind of like maestro and that's kind of like in New York, he kind of like the, um, oh, it's on Amazon. Um, okay, we don't get a lot of things that you guys get here in Australia, like on platforms. Like, right, all yours is like way better. Like, and I'll Google it and be like, oh, cool, that's on Netflix or that's on Amazon. And then you go on the Australian one and it's like not like because, yeah. oh, that'd be like, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's really annoying. Because like, I'll send that to you because I think that you'll really dig the first uh, season of this, uh, okay. of this series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And I know that he was like a big uh, part of it. Mm, yeah I've seen um like his name come up in a lot of stuff and I'm like oh like must be like related and I've done a little bit of research um like on him but yeah the whole family pretty uh talented yeah his, aside from his Sophia's dad, acting his, his dad's oh yeah <laughs> godfather three <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think she knows Mozart in the jungle that's the oh uh, okay yeah it sounds yeah. familiar yeah okay cool all right I'll have to check it out um but yeah, I feel like oh, the other thing that was going to go on my list, and I, it's it's pretty obvious as well, is Drive. Um, I don't know. Oh, how yeah. You feel, like I, yeah, I feel like I've um, I just that movie I could just watch over and over again, and like I just love, I love that movie, and um, I I was really excited to see the his follow up, um, that Only God Forgives because I love Drive mm-hmm. so much, and um, visually Only God Forgives was amazing. I thought like I really liked like super stylized and like all like the neon lights and stuff. But um, the story was just like terrible. But then I, I kind of—it's a good example of me like not—not not, I didn't really mind like like I just sort right. of forgot about the story halfway through because I wasn't really like vibing with it and I can't remember exactly. But I was in the cinema and I just sort of like just enjoyed like the like the visuals of that um, film. What was the film that he? I'm just looking it up. Uh, the film they did just before that. Bronson, did Bronson. you see that? Yes, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked, I liked it. Um, I, lo- I loved the soundtrack. They use like this chromatics, um, or gla- no, glass candy song, um, uh, digital versicolor, and like the use of that like song in those scenes is like really cool. It's like a real synthy song. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it as much as Drive, but um, but I, I, I still thought it was good. Like, I probably wouldn't watch again. What about you? Did you, did you? Oh, like I, re- it? I, yeah, Bronson yeah. was like the performance was incredible yeah the performance was amazing yeah so so good yeah for sure yeah yeah awesome um I I feel like I could keep adding to my runner-up yeah that's right (laughs) top 20 (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah um but thank you so much this has been really fun it's nice to just um chat movies and like especially with somebody like you who's like done so many things and um has like so much uh knowledge and I feel like I've yeah, definitely got a lot of things that I need to watch now. So that's really cool. Um, can yeah. you tell people um, about like anything exciting that you have like coming up, um, whether it's in photography or um, with um, like video or like, yeah, where people can find you and connect with you if they want to say hi or 
um, maybe agree or disagree with anything that you've um, said about movies? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you can go through my website, jonathanbensimon.com or on Instagram, jonathan.bensimon. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm actually like putting a photo series together which are kind of like very cinematic moments so like actually building a narrative and kind of like basically um like the most expensive storyboards you've ever seen (laughs) essentially so (laughs) it's kind of like really taking it to the next level and kind of like um telling this kind of like these stories with like specific beats but kind of like also, I'm trying to do it in such a way where I have different scenes, but you could kind of like see the scenes in any order and okay. it would still make sense. Mm-hmm. And you can yep. get away with that because it is a still image. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about uh, putting that together. Should be shooting that uh, pretty soon, next uh, few weeks. And um, yeah, I was, uh, I'm going to shoot it uh, on 617 to give it that kind of like widescreen yep. kind of feel. And mm-hmm. uh, I had a really, nice guy in Australia who had that camera and was like walking me through kind of like details and stuff like that on it. Um, so all these great Australians that, you know, exactly. As long as you're not wearing a roots shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you're all good. Um, awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Your photography is like so amazing. Like I heard, um, I'll probably talk about it in the intro, but like I heard you on the Negative Positives um, podcast, which I'll link in the show notes for people to listen to. Um, I won't go over kind of what you talked about on there because like if I have someone on, I like to try and kind of diversify like what they're talking about because I feel like people get people on and then everyone asks them the same questions. And then there's just all these podcast episodes that are like the same with people. Um, but I yeah definitely urge people to go listen to that because it was really interesting. Um, yeah, hearing about like yeah your photography and the um exhibition that you had uh recently as well um like yeah just sounded yeah where I met Andre yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh, in LA and it was kind of like kind of crazy because it took a while to put together um just quickly what I did was I had um got back into film and I uh basically had my Rolleiflex and I shot a roll of slide film every week for two years. And the main part of this was displaying all that. So it was um, 104 rolls backlit, like one massive contact sheet that spanned like something like 25 feet. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it was kind of like crazy. Yeah. Um, So crazy. I'll send you some video of it to kind of like see. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about it on like Neg Pause, I was like, like, cause I'm always doing stuff when I'm listening to podcasts and yeah, I was really struck when you were talking about that. I was like, wow, I was like trying to imagine it. And, um, yeah, it's, it just sounds like super cool and like immersive and, um, you know, like a cool way to like display, um, kind of like when I saw, um, what's his name? Richard, Richard Mo- Moss, like the guy that shot like the, um, like infrared film in like the Congo, I think. And he like made videos mm-hmm. out of it and stuff. Um, like the way that that was um shown in the exhibition like there was just like panels of all of the like images and the videos and you could kind of like walk through and it was like all just just like happening like around you and it was just like such a cool experience so um again it's like so much better to you know like go to the movies and experience something than watching it at home and like if you can get to like an exhibition and see see photography like physically and like be there with other people and experience it 
like it's so much better than like scrolling through Instagram, obviously, you know, so. Yeah, I think that that's what I've learned, like getting back into it is that's the kind of keys working towards like making a print and just how you're going to get there. And that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any plans to do like a zine or a book or anything like that? Or does that not interest you? Actually, you'll have to uh, let me know where to go for a zine or if anybody has recommendations because like yep. it's uh, like, what are the options? Who do you go to? What's the best? So many questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I um I have my friend Matt Murray. Um, he has a YouTube channel. He's going to do a video walking through how he makes zines because he does a lot of community zines where people submit stuff and he just like pumps out zines. And I'm always like, how do you do that so quickly? Like, um, oh, yeah, I have to send an image because he had that like cross processing. Yeah, it's yeah, end of that's still happening. Uh, yeah, I think end of August is the cutoff. Okay, great. Yes, okay. I've got some um some ectochrome uh sixty four uh, at the lab at the moment that I'm going to get cross processed. I shot it in my Yashica T four with a flash. Um, so yeah, cross processed. I'm hoping it'll look real wild and yeah, like super grainy and cool. And I'm going to enter the competition as well. So. Um, yeah cool it's really funny it's like i was expecting uh cross-processing to be like it used to be like really green and kind of like all those old music videos and i'm yeah. like actually really happy that it's not like with <laughs> back to chrome now it has more of a clear base so it yeah, just kind of okay yeah changes the the contrast and the colors a bit without mm -hmm. being so kind of like aggressively aggressive different. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually uh, have you ever seen three kings Three Kings. Yeah. Sounds it's, really familiar. Uh with George Clooney, uh Ice T Mike. Is um, it like the is the cover like three guys in army kind of? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that in yeah. my head. I remember my brother like watching it. Um yeah. he's a bit older than me. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I know the cover. Yeah. Yep. Okay. There's a section of that that's cross processed. And okay. that's kind of like really cool to see. Okay, you know, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out as well. Yeah. Cross-processing is like super cool. Um, I think it's cool that Matt's like running that competition. He hasn't had many uh, people enter either, but I think I said to him, maybe people are like apprehensive to do it because it's kind of a bit, you know, weird or, um, you know, maybe they're struggling. I think that's it. a great idea. Mm. If he needs more, I'll submit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for, um, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I will link everything that we talked about We'll try my hardest to uh, in the show notes so people can um, check everything out. But yeah, thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. Oh my God, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, that's it. I hope I didn't lose too many of you with the movie chat. I know I have some viewers and listeners who really adore cinema, so I'm sure that you enjoyed this episode. If there is a movie that you think should have been on the list, then give Jonathan or I a DM and let us know. I think we struggled to just pick five. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys on what you think about that. We obviously are bottomless pits for conversations around movies. So yeah, hit us up in the DMs. A big thank you to Jonathan for coming on. It was an honor to have you, buddy. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry I haven't heard of the movie The Dish. I know all of my Aussie listeners will be like, WTF Lucy. Uh, Lux had a big old laugh when I got off of this chat with Jonathan and told him that. So feel free to pay me out next time you speak to me. Um, I have Ali from One Month Two Cameras coming up next for you. So if you have any specific questions for her, please get in touch and let me know 
know. That's it for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of the other episodes, please consider leaving a rating and a review. It really, really helps um, people find the podcast because it's kind of hard to like break out in the podcast world. It's a lot easier on YouTube because YouTube does a great job of like, you know, advertising your videos and stuff. So if you have the time, please give me a rating or a review and um, let me know. I'll love you forever. Thank you so much. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.